as we uh, meet here today and, and, and we, get a, we get to talk about family. And, and family is something that's really important. Kind of, I don't normally do this before we even start, though. There's, there's several family members of this church that aren't here that are healing up from, uh, from surgeries that they've had. And, and, and I want to I wanna just stop and, and kind of lift them up in a prayer before we even kind of get going this morning. Uh, also, if you guys haven't noticed, uh, sickness has been really rampant in our communities, in our workplaces. Uh, I know I've talked to my son and uh, he said he's been sick about the whole time through boot camp right now. He's had bronchitis and, and just kind of gives you an idea of what, what's going around in our workplaces. And, and I know maybe for some of you the, the, the knuckle bumps was kind of odd, and, but whatever we can do. There's some hand cleaner on the way out if you guys want to, if you want some sanitizer. And I want you guys to stay healthy. It's no fun to preach to empty chairs. It doesn't. So I want to start, before we even start to even get in the sermon and talk about things, I want to just stop and kind of and, and pray for all of our people that are sick and the people that are healing up like Randy. And, and uh, I, I think of Lynn. He's been on my heart. I've been talking to him quite a bit, and he's really struggling. He's got a surgery that's kind of, or not a surgery, a test that's coming up, and he's had to get off all of his medicines. And um, when you have pain and you're dealing with some of the different stuff and you drop off all your medicines, it's kind of a crash. So we want to lift him up as well. So let's pray real fast before we even get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. Uh, I thank you that you hear us. I thank you that, you that you're here with us. And, and Lord, I pray for just all these different people right now are dealing with the colds, the flu, the bronchitis. And, and I pray that you would just uh, take that away, Lord, that you would sustain in that. And I, I pray for, for people that are healing up from the different surgeries that we've seen, whether it's knee surgery or, or abdominal surgeries, Lord. And um, uh, Lord, I, we, we miss you know, Randy from being able to be in here and Miss Juanita from being able to be here, Lord. I pray that you would be with them today and that you would just continue to heal. And we thank you for the great things that we've heard as far as their recoveries. And, and Lord, we give you credit for everything. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You know, family is, is something that's really important. And when we look at it, when I was younger, I didn't realize how important family really was. You know, you just kind of take it for granted. And I know all of us come from different, different backgrounds and um, just different places, you know. And, and, and I heard it said before that, that you can't pick your family. And there's some truth to that a little bit, isn't there? And, and I know as I've went through my life, I've had more than one family. Uh, when I was in the military and I was stationed, I was stationed, one of my first places I was stationed was in Cuba. And then after that, I was stationed in Florida. And if you're in the military, and for the ones here that have served, you understand what it's been to be into a holiday or something away from your family. And, and uh, my son right now is away from his family in boot camp, and he's struggling right now. It's hard. You know, you got people yelling at you, doing things you've never done before treating you ways you had never been treated, and you just feel kind of alone, and you start, he's in his letters, I can see what he thinks about family right now. You know, he misses his family. <laughs> I'm going to cry. But, you know, we also have other families. I, when I was in the military, I had some different individuals that came by and pulled us into their families, and that was important. And then also, as we went, um, my wife and I, we've, we've had some different things that happened in our lives, some really tough things that we've had. And, and my mom lives in, in Indiana. We moved her out here to be with us. Uh, but 
other than that, all my rest of my family are in different places. And so it's kind of hard sometimes. And we've had, Jenny and I have had times in our lives where some of the people that were the closest to us at certain points in our life was our churches, the church that we were involved in. And we've had situations where, where we've, uh, we've been in and, and we've poured out our heart to God and, we, and we've had church members and we've had family. I guess you guys didn't, if you didn't realize that church is family. I read something, it says, a family shares hope, dreams, they, they share possessions, memories, smiles, happiness, sadness, triumphs, and trials. To me, that kind of sounds like a church too, doesn't it? It's not just necessarily who you're biologically, where you were brought into. A family is the people that share these kind of things with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that, that, you've, that you've put on our hearts to, to dive in your word this day, to be committed to your word this, this year, and, and to read every single verse that you have in the Bible. And, and Lord, I thank you for that. I pray that, that you would open each heart today, that right now, and that you would just, you would just show us our family that you would just speak to our hearts right now, Lord. I just love you and I thank you. I thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've got a Bible with you, um, as, as you've, have, have you guys enjoyed so far reading? I've already talked to a few different people that are reading through the Bible with us. And if you're not, it's not too late to start. Um, but we have some Bibles and we can, we, we've got some in the office. They're, I think, $13 is what they are. Uh, if you've got a mobile device, device like this, you can download it as well but it's been kind of fun and I got to talk to some different people about different things that are happening in the Bible and, and the neat stories that are coming that we see and we can see triumphs of faith and we can see failures that are happening where, where people didn't follow God and, and we see all kinds of different stuff and, and not only are we're not just stuck in the Old Testament right now we're in the Old Testament and the New Testament and the last week I preached out of the New Testament this week is out of the New Testament so if you have your Bible we we'll be in Matthew chapter 12 Matthew chapter 12 if you turn there and uh, I promise you next week might be old. So I've got, God's got something on my heart for next week. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see what God's going to bring so, on it. But uh, um, in Matthew chapter 12, and we'll go ahead and have it bring it up on the board right now as well, up on the screen, so that if you don't have a Bible with you, um, you'll be able to follow along with this as well. And at the very end of this chapter, we see, do you realize that Jesus was a little bit of a rebel? He was not for what the establishment was and, and the things that were going on. Uh, sometimes traditions get in the way of God. We do something some way because we've always done it that way. And, and, and sometimes we put people into power and they want it done a certain way. And it's not necessarily the way that God has or we add things to his word. And all these things kind of happen. And, and so you have this Jesus that comes on the scene and, and he's out there. He's healing people and he's doing it on, on the Sabbath, which was, would have been a Saturday. Sunday in the Jewish calendar is the first day of the week. And, he, and, and he's doing all these different healings and he's rubbing some people the wrong way. But the, the masses are coming to him because they know there's something special about this guy. Could you imagine uh, you hear about someone that's doing all these different healings that they're going into, in, in modern times, they'd be going into hospitals and cleaning them out. Not just picking the ones they're going to heal, but, but cleaning them out. That, that they said that when people walked by, that people would have faith and said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And they were. 
And so there's this big crowd going over, and the religious elite didn't like this. And, and I want to read something that happens, and I just want to kind of give you a little heads up before we kind of get to it. At the very end, we're going to start in 46, and we're going to go through 50 and finish it out. But in verse 46, it says, And while he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and his brothers were standing outside, seeking to speak to him. And someone said to him, says, Behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, seeking to speak to you. Verse 48, But Jesus answered the one who was telling him and said, Who is my mother and who are my, my, my brothers? And stretching out his hands towards his disciples, he said, Behold, my mothers, my mother, my brothers. For whoever does the will of the Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. It's kind of interesting when you read something like this and you start looking at it and you think, wow, why would Jesus say something? He could see his family. He knew who they were. He knows what... I venture to say he knew who his brothers and sisters and who Mary was as he's going around. And, and, and they're standing here and they're, they're outside. There's this big crowd on, around them and they're on the outside and they're looking in. And someone has to say to him, and says, Jesus, look, your parents are over here. One side of me wants to think, I bet that was a Pharisee or someone like that kind of wanted to get him stopped on what he was doing and kind of intervene in this and, and, and point him into that. And, and I often think about it. And, and have you guys noticed that when we read our Bible that we find out that Jesus' own family wasn't following him? Now, we'll talk about later after the resurrection here in a bit. But up front, you don't hear about any of those guys being part of his inner circle. And so there's some things I want to kind of show you on to it. With Christ, insiders become outsiders. Do you guys realize that there's insiders and outsiders in everything that we do? Insiders are my family. That's my family. My wife is an insider in my family, and my children are insiders in my family. They share life with us. Well, I like to think we share our life with them because, you know, we were there first. And, uh, but they are the insiders. And so what happens is sometimes when, when, when you follow Jesus, there's a commitment that happens into that. When you follow Christ, things change in our lives. And sometimes insiders become outsiders. I've talked to people. I know people that, that have decided and said, yes, Jesus. And their families don't have anything to do with them. In some countries, if you say, yes, Jesus, you're dead. The people that were closest in your life now become outsiders of your life. Not by your choice, but usually by theirs. I'm going to read verse 46 and 47. It says, and says, while he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and his brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. And someone said to him, behold, your mother's, your mother, your mother's, just one mother, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. And they're right there. They're saying they're on the outside. They weren't in the crowd. They weren't pushing in to get too close to Jesus. They're sitting on the outside. As a Christian, it's tough. Because you might, 
Do you realize that, that Satan wants to attack you in your life, especially if you're a Christian? He wants to, he wants to intervene in your life and, and, and destroy it. And he'll even tell you stuff. He'll tell you lies like, listen, the reason why you have lost people in your family is because you're not a very good Christian. Because if you're a good Christian, you'd, everybody in your family would be saved. Listen, if you were a good Christian, this. You know, I read a lot in my Bible. I read a lot of different things in my Bible. And I see a lot of really good followers of Jesus Christ, really good followers of God that had problems in their life. They had turmoil in their life. It's a lie. By the way, he's the father of lies. That shouldn't surprise you. Satan tries to make it look like your life is a failure because he doesn't want you to tell other people. He doesn't want you to take the insiders' lives that are now outsiders in your life. He doesn't want you to draw them in. Even I trusted Christ as my Savior when I was seven years old. I wasn't, I wasn't later on in my life. I have a pastor friend. That, that we were talking, that he trusted Christ much later in his life, and he used to make a comment to it. He says, listen, he goes, I wish I was more like you, Jeff. And I said, well, why is that? He says, because you have known Christ from a young age. He goes, I didn't come into a relationship with Christ until I was in my mid-30s. And I think of all the things that I've done and all these different things that I've done, and, and I wish that my was like that. And he goes, by the way, I'm the only Christian in my family. My mom, my dad, my brothers, my sisters, they don't have a relationship with them. I wish I had that relationship that you had from that young age. And I look at him, I said, friend, I said, you've got to understand something. I look at you the exact way, the same way you're looking at me. I look at your life. I've always known Jesus from a young age. You've got this age in your life that in, in your mid-30s that you said, yes, Jesus, and your life changed. You've got this big line in the sand. And I said, it all depends on the, the view you're looking at it. I said, the best thing about this conversation is that you and I both trusted Christ as our Savior. You're my brother. It's all about perspective sometimes, is it not? And, and we have outsiders in our life or insiders in our life that become outsiders. And a lot of times it's our family. It could be friends that are in there. Maybe it was a set of friends that you were always out there partying with and you're doing all this thing. And, and, and then, then your life changes because you follow Jesus. And now they're looking at you and they're mourning your, your passing. That you're not out there. You're not doing the same things that you used to do with them. They see a change in you. See, the thing about Christ is, is this. I've heard people say that, listen, I'm not ready to follow Christ because this. Maybe it's not that I'm not going to have any more fun in life. I'm not going to be able to do this, or I won't be able to do that, or, or he's going to take away all my fun. The cool thing about Jesus is, is when he intervenes in your life and he puts the Holy Spirit in you, he changes you. He changes the desire you have. It's not that you're giving up anything. He replaces it with something much better. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. He takes people in your lives. Maybe you're coming from a broken life and you're coming from a, from a destruction and you've done all these different things. There's, there's healing at the cross. That's the wonderful side. Maybe you, you didn't have a family or maybe you came from a broken home or whatever it is. There's a family in Jesus Christ. Behold, my brothers and my sisters, my mother. What a wonderful thing. You know, I often think of another thing. I think of why. Why did his family come 
Why were they standing on, on the outside? Why were they looking at Jesus and they were saying, they seek to speak to him. And, and, I, and, and I read something. I want to read it. I'll go ahead and have it brought on the board right now. It says in, in Mark 3.21. Now listen to this. It says, when his family heard about this, and this is the commotion and all the things that Jesus is causing, right? It says they went to take charge of him. For they said, he's out of his mind. Does that sound like someone that's following Jesus? Does that sound like someone that's following that? Listen, I'm going to give you guys ready. You guys ready? Jesus had problems in his family too. You're not alone. You're not the only ones. His family came there. They came there so they could physically take charge of him and say, listen, we need to get you some help, Jesus, because you're a little crazy right now. You think you're the Messiah. Isn't that crazy to think about that? That his own family. Now, Mary, I think Mary actually knew something. I think Mary knew it because he had all these different experiences. You know, you have Gabriel comes and says, hey, you're going to be a mom. But I'm not married. You're going to be a mom anyways. And she says, okay. And then later on, when they go to, they bring Jesus. And I can keep on going, talking about Elizabeth and John when they were both in there and jumping in joy in her womb. And then I can go farther on and talk about when they dedicated Jesus, when they did the offering for Jesus that you had, you know, Simeon there and says, I can now rest because my eyes have seen the Savior. She's seen all these things. But yet she still went there with her family, with her brothers, with his brothers. So they can take charge of him. You see, they weren't followers. Later on, we're going to see that, that, that Jesus, after he dies, after he dies on the cross for our sins, after he goes to the cross and, and he has that horrible death, and, and then he, he reappears, and one of the people that he's going to reappear to is James. And then James is going to be different after that. He's going to realize that who Jesus really is, that he really was all these things. Even though the miracles they've seen, all these different signs that they've seen that Jesus was able to perform that no one before did. At least not in that abundance. And he's going to follow. And, 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 and his family is, the outsider James and his family is going to become an insider in his life again. Because sometimes Christ changes you. Christ changes you. He changes the way you are. He changes what's inside of you. Just as your friends were mourning the loss, Jesus is celebrating your foundness. I think that's a word, isn't it? Foundness. You guys got to know something about me. I make up words. I do. My wife used to keep a little notebook. And she would ask me the definition of the word, and I would tell her, this is what it means. She lost that notebook. I would love to look through that, because I might be able to find some words I can use again. You know, but, but uh, sorry, get sidetracked there. You know, gone was, when, when you find Jesus, gone's your old life, and he replaces it with something much better. He does things in your life. He changes your life. I look at my life, because the best illustration I can give you guys is me, because I was there. I was there when Jesus intervened in my life. I was there when Jesus has done different things in my life. I've been there when, when, when Jesus has affected my children. 
affected my wife. I was there when Jesus called me to be a preacher. Why, I still have no idea. Because, you know what, I could pick some lot better people. But Jesus said, no, you. Okay. The cool thing I see in the Bible is when I read guys like Gideon. You know, he's kind of like the chicken of the Bible. And look what he did. An angel come to, to Gideon and says, listen, hello, mighty warrior. And he's going, no, me? You guys will read about that here coming up. We get into it. But he uses him. See, that's what Jesus does. He changes you. He, he makes you something that you never thought you could be. The vices, the habits, the hang-ups that inhabit your life, the things that are doing inside of you, he changes you. He takes away desires. He replaces them with new desires. And you said, well, listen, brother, I've been, in, I've, I've been in Christ for a while, and I still have some desires. Keep on crying out to him. He will draw you closer. He will do things to you. He will change you. Do you realize that my priorities have been changed over and over again by Christ? Things that I had set up in life. I was talking to some very good friends last night. And we were out talking about different things that happen in our lives that bring our family to the point where we are today. And, and at one point, my wife and I and, and my family, we were, we were very seriously considering moving to Haiti as missionaries. And, and to a point where I had to have a fight with God over my stuff. Because, you know, I worked really hard for my stuff. And it's taken me a lot, years, a lot of years to get my stuff. And then finally, I felt like God said to me, Jeff, am I in the stuff? And I said, well, no. He said, am I more important than the stuff? I said, yeah. He said, then what's the problem? <sighs> Don't fight God. You'll lose. I, I had a great argument all set up and everything. He still wins. And, and so I said, okay, I'm a f that's fine. And, and, and then we were looking at moving and selling and doing everything and doing that stuff but it took me coming to a point in my heart to say yes Jesus since then he's moved our family a completely different direction he's brought us here to with you fine people and you know what God's good you know sometimes even when we're going through trials and we're going through different things in our lives we don't realize that God's got a purpose and a plan in everything that happens in our lives sometimes we go through trials and troubles because we have someone else that we're going to talk about or we need to talk with, and, and, and we need to hear that. I've been changed. In Romans, or actually here, I'm sorry, in 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away, and all things come new. I love the fact of newness. Because, you know, even, even as a seven-year-old, that I've trusted Christ as a Savior. And I'll tell you, just real fast in the situation, I seen my mom getting baptized at, in a Sunday night service at, at church, and I looked at my dad, and I'm like, what's up? Why is mom up there? And he said, well, son, she's trusted Jesus as her Savior, and she's following in baptism. And I said, what? But that act of faithfulness from my mother is what started my conversation about Jesus. And that made me dive into it, because, well, why is my mom doing this? Well, what do you mean? You, what do you mean I'm lost? 
And it brought me to a situation where I said that, you know, listen, I want this Jesus in my life too. And it was my mom's faithfulness that brought me into that, that place. It was my mom's faithfulness that allowed me to do that. It let me have be a new life. All the things that happened in my life up to that point were gone. And by the way, I've made some mistakes in my life since then. But when I get in front of Jesus, he's not going to see my righteousness. He's going to see the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ on my life. When I come in front of God the Father, and everyone will give an account to God the Father, when I come in front of God the Father, what he's going to do is he's going to see Jesus Christ is who he's going to see. Because I said, yes, Jesus. He's changed me. He's changed my life. In Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Listen, my ways, even all the different things, believe it or not, Josie, I'm not the best. I'm not perfect. I know that's hard for you to believe. She goes, oh, yeah, sure. You grounded me for my phone. That wasn't perfect. You know, but, but he is. And he's got perfect for me. And, and he wants me to, to, to keep on walking into him and change. He's got better plans for me than I ever had for me. I, how many of you guys, when you were younger, had some plans? Some of you are going to be nurses, firefighters, police officers, soldiers, doctors, bus drivers, teachers, music players. I was going to be the best music player ever. I'm not very good. But I had desires. At one time I wanted to be a police officer and a firefighter. Thought about being a doctor at one time. That'd be kind of cool. Found out I really don't like other people's blood. Mine's okay. Other people's not so much. I had plans for my life. But God had different plans for me. His plans are perfect. His plans are perfect. Do you know what? I was, when I was born, I, I became a child of Snowden and Eileen Matthews. It's my parents. Became their child. But do you know when I trusted Jesus as my Savior, I became a different child. I became a child of the King. My family lineage changed. I was grafted into the vine, so to speak. I was given a different family line than I had before. In First John, or I'm sorry, not First John, in John 13, uh, or John, first John 1, 12 and 13, uh, it says, But as many as receive him, to him he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. I can truly say to you today that God is my father. Man, that is such a wonderful deal. God is my father. You know what? My family got bigger. It got bigger. My family went international. I've got brothers and sisters all over the entire world. We got one thing, in pro we got one thing all in common. Jesus. Jesus. See, with Christ, outsiders... Do you know I have brothers and sisters in this world that I've never had the honor to meet? But one day I am going to meet each and every one of them. 
See, I have this whole world full of outsiders, and those outsiders that are all now in Jesus Christ because they've been changed became insiders in my life because they became part of my family. I want to read something else to you. In verse 48 of Matthew 12, it says, But Jesus answered and said to, said to him, who said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hands towards his disciples, he said, Behold, my, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Wow. Behold, my brothers and my sisters. Who knows, maybe some of you will act as my mother. Some come from strong families. Some don't. Some come from broken families. Some people in this room, family just might be a word and one you don't believe in. Some of you are loners, outcasts. Some of you guys have a criminal record. Society call you a felon. Some of you come from broken lives, broken marriages. Some of you are homeless, so to speak. Christ has so much more for you. Christ has so much more for each one of you. Listen, if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, you're an outsider. Jesus wants to add you to the family. It doesn't matter what your background was. And, and I hear this time, I've talked to people and said, you know, do you know Jesus? And they said, well, you, Jesus doesn't want me. You don't know what I've done. I said, you're really, you know, you're right. I don't know what you've done, but I know what Jesus has done for you. And I don't care what you have in your past, what you've done in your past, who you've thought, who you've done. It doesn't matter. There's healing at the cross. Jesus wants you part of his family. Have you ever, when I was growing up, my parents would tell me that I don't want you to mess with that person, they're bad news. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus says, hey, you're bad news. Come on, there's healing at the cross. Come back in. I want to make you an insider into my family. Jesus wipes away our past and gives us a bright new future. Verse 48, it says, And Jesus answered who was telling him and says, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Listen, he wasn't being disrespectful to his family. He was using the illustration of what was going on to say that, listen, family is much more than necessarily who you were born to. It's who you are born into now. When you're born into Christ. Nicodemus didn't understand that. Nicodemus came to Jesus and says, What do I need to do? And he says, You must be born again. He goes, How? Listen, I'm old. I can't go back in. He says, listen. He says, unless you're born of water and you're born of spirit, you cannot see the kingdom. Listen, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was born again. I was given a new family. I was born into a new family. How do we know who's our family then? 
if, I, if I've talked about these outsiders and insiders, how do we know who our family is? Let's go to the very last verse, in verse 50. It says, for whoever does the will of the Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. I should be able to see each and every one of you as my brothers and my sisters. And it should be a telltale sign. You're doing the work of the Father. What's God's will? Have you, I know that I've struggled with this in my past and said, I want to know what God's will is for my life. I want to know what God's will is for my life. Lord, if you will just show me, I will do it. How many of you guys, if you raise your hand, if you've had a point in your life and you say, Jesus, just tell me. Listen, I'm not very smart. Just say it out loud. You say it, I'll do it. I know I have. I'm like, Lord, you want me to jump off the cliff? I'll jump off the cliff. Just say, jump off the cliff. Not the big cliff, little one. You know. So he wants to do that for me. What are some wills that God has? Do you realize he has a will that the whole world would come to know him? Jesus said he died for the entire world. That's will. So what does that mean for me? It means that, listen, I've had this amazing thing to happen in my life called Jesus Christ, and why do I hold that thing so, so tight into me, and, and I don't want to share it with anybody else? That's not God's will. God's will is that I would share with you guys what God has done in my life, and hopefully the Holy Spirit will draw you as well, and you'll come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's God's will. His will is the whole world would be saved. Listen, if we are going to be, if this church right here, and you individuals in this church, if we're going to be the hands and feet in Christ, then we've got to start being the hands and feet of Christ. We've got to. We've got to be about my father's business. I think about Jesus when he got left behind. They came back and they said, what were you doing? He said, I was about my father's business. We need to be about the father's business. If you look around and next to you, you see some empty chairs. We need to be about our father's business. Every chair that you see in this auditorium is an opportunity Every chair that's up in the the balcony up there is an opportunity for someone that needs a relationship with Jesus Christ. How do I know you're my brothers and sisters? You're inviting people to church and you're telling them about Jesus Christ because that's God's will. When people come into the church and they trust it, we got this next thing too. We need to teach people about Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people in this church, or several people in this church I know that have teaching backgrounds. We need to teach people about Jesus Christ. If you've never had a chance in your life to lead someone into a relationship in Jesus Christ, you are missing out. There is no better thing. It's so cool because they don't necessarily know what they're getting, but man, you do. You know what God has in store for their life, and it's much better than whatever they thought they had. We need to be doing those things. We need to nourish our fellow believers. Listen, we should be known for love. As a Christian, we should be better lovers than anybody else out there, not only inside the church, but outside. Some people will never know the love of Christ until they see your love for them. I've had people that I've had to earn, earn the opportunity to tell about Jesus Christ. 
I've had some situations, and I don't want to mention any names, but I've had situations with some people that I've worked with in the past that have been told all their lives they're going to hell. And you know what? I'm going to be the next one, right? And instead of telling them we're going to hell, I, I, I respected them and loved on them and everything. And then it, you know what happened? Something crazy. Later on, they come into this relationship with my Lord and Savior called Jesus Christ because I loved and I nourished them. Listen, there's enough things going on in the world of tearing down people. We don't need to be part of that. But we do need to speak truth. We need to speak truth, but we need to do it in love. We need to forgive. Not only your brothers and sisters, but also the people that do wrong to you. Listen, this is the hard part. We even need to forgive the people that don't deserve it. Forgiveness isn't for you. Forgiveness is for me. When I forgive you, I release something that's in my heart that's holding down. Whether or not you accept it or not, that's on you. But my heart now is clean. Do you realize I've asked people to forgive me that I didn't know I even did anything wrong to them? Why would you do that? Because they felt like I did something wrong to them. And if that's going to help, that's fine. I've, had people, I've met people that had something against me and I didn't even know it. Mad at me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I didn't know I wronged you. Forgive. Forgive and forget. So it really all comes down to one thing. Here's the big question. You guys ready? Are you an insider or an outsider? Were you an insider in a family? that became an outsider. Someone in your family trusted Jesus, but you didn't. Maybe you're here today going, I want to know what that's about. Are you an outsider that became an insider? You've trusted Jesus as your Savior. Listen, you fall into one of those two. I had a friend that preached a sermon. He says either you're a saint or you ain't. Either you're in Christ or you're not. Either you're an insider or you're an outsider. Listen, the insider I want you to be is not the insider into your family. I want you to be an insider to the family, this family, a family of Jesus Christ. And it's not just this church. It's every brother and sister in Christ across this globe. I want you to be part of the family. Listen, all too long, Christians have been pushed back in the corner, and we've, we've went back and said, we don't want to offend anybody. We won't want to do any of this stuff. But listen, what we've done is we've lost our speak. We've lost our talk. We've lost our, our, our push to tell people about Jesus Christ, and that has to change. Do you know how I came in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Someone told me. Someone came to me and spoke to me. We need to do that. An outsider that's an insider is one that Christ owns. I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. I'm going to get the band to go ahead and come up, if you would, please. I want you to look around the room. Look around at everybody that's in this room right now. These are your brothers and these are your sisters. Behold, your brothers and your sisters. Don't be afraid to call and say, hey, I need some help. 
Don't be afraid to, to get a corner to, and pull someone aside and say, listen, i got to pour out my heart to someone. Will you listen? Share life with each and every one of everybody that's in here. Maybe you're in here today and you, you're an outsider. You don't know Christ. Listen. Don't let another day go by. The best thing that ever happened to me in my life was Jesus Christ. The second best thing that ever happened in my life is my beautiful wife. And then my kids. You say, Jeff, shouldn't your kids be up on top? No. Jesus. There's something about that name. Don't let another day go by. Guys, I'll be right over here. If you haven't trusted Jesus as your Savior, time's now. Don't let another day go by. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. Spend it with my Savior. Listen, maybe you have some things that's in your life that you need to get rid of. There's forgiveness at the cross for those. Even in Christ, cry out to Jesus. He never wanted you to carry that load. Let him carry it.